be Batman? Or is it just Batman? Uh, your choice, of course. Hello and welcome to Indefensible Inc., the podcast where, ordinarily, we take a closer look at some allegedly terrible comics and comics-related media, although today is a notable exception. I'm your host, Justin Zyduck. It's not often that Indefensible Inc. takes on a recent release or engages much with what's going on in contemporary comics culture at all, to be honest. Uh, there are plenty of podcasts out there dedicated to keeping up to date with all the latest news, reviews, and interviews, and when you're done listening to those, you can come over here and we'll talk about Secret Wars 2, or Adventures of Superman number 500. Uh, but even after all these years, a new Batman movie in theaters is still sort of a special occasion. I first saw Tim Burton's Batman in theaters in 1989. Uh, several times, actually. I kept asking my dad to take me, and he usually did. This might sound like the most obnoxious geek hyperbole, but I don't care. Uh, one of the transformative moments in my life was seeing Michael Keaton in full costume, grab a mugger, pull him in, and see with absolute conviction, I'm Batman. I really do think more than anything, that was the one moment that really rewired my brain so that I'd always love superheroes. I probably wouldn't be doing a podcast about comics now at all without the influence at such a young age, so I guess indirectly you can blame my dad for this show. Um, you could also blame him, <laughs> in a manner of speaking, for my guest today, my brother, Zach Zyduck, who's joining me to talk about The Batman, directed by Matt Reeves and starring Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, and Jeffrey Wright. He's appeared on this podcast before, in a few format-breaking episodes, talking about Daredevil, Spider-Man, and Captain America. And he filled in as a guest last time we talked about a Batman movie, uh, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. He's a more casual comics fan than I am, but he actually watches more new superhero movies and TV shows than I do. So he's the real target audience for a modern superhero movie like this, rather than a guy like me, whose platonic ideal of Batman is when Jerry Conway was writing it in 1982. Uh, so grab your popcorn and settle in for Indefensible Inc. at the movies! Zach, thank you for sitting down with me. Well, of course. So you and I didn't go see this together, um, and we've only exchanged just a couple of texts about the movie, so there should be a pretty fresh uh, conversation. Mm -hmm. I don't even think we talked a lot about like the anticipation of the movie. Like, What was your feeling heading into the release? Were you excited or skeptical or neutral? Um, well, I guess when it was like a Ben Affleck thing, I thought it was at the time cool. I mean, I guess it was like 2015 or whatever, like he was writing it and directing right. it and stuff. It's like, okay, that'll be kind of cool. It was supposed to be like an Arkham Asylum sort of like deal, I guess. But, um, yeah, when they said like, they're going to just completely redo it with Robert Pattinson, I was like, I, I mean, I'll go see it and everything, but I don't really care, I guess. I wasn't really mm -hmm. looking forward to it. Yeah, I had gone back and forth, like all through the making of the movie, we've been hearing like, oh, this is going to be more of a detective kind of story. And I was like, oh, that's, that'll be fresh for a Batman, you know, movie. So that was good. But then I saw like the Zodiac killer <laughs> Riddler, like that, mm -hmm. that still shot against like a high school uh, photo, you know, backdrop. Yeah. And I was like, that was an immediate turnoff. And like, but then uh, the reviews were good. So I was sort of cautiously optimistic, actually, like sitting down in the theater. So, uh, broadly, like, did you like it? Overall, yeah, I 
did end up liking it. I did like the whole detective aspect and the film noir kind of feel they were going for. Um, mm-hmm. But maybe it's just the fact that it's like a three hour long movie. Um, I just kind of left it being kind of tired of watching it. <laughs> yeah. So like the first, you know, the first two hours or so I actually, I liked, you know, I, I quite mm-hmm. liked it actually. Um, it's not my preferred style of Batman, you know, like this sort of achingly grounded, uh, quote unquote, realistic Batman. But like, I guess I can't complain that like Warner Brothers does not make Batman movies to my particular specifications. Right. They're not going <laughs> to make I, a Grant know, Morrison like, Batman unless it's Batman forever. More, yeah, more, more fool them. <laughs> uh, but what it was doing, like, I thought it did well. Um, and then that last hour just torpedoed it. And I, <laughs> what was like, I mean, was there like a certain scene that like just kind of was yeah, like I think the we'll, one that you were like, oh, okay. Yeah, I think, I think we'll get, we'll get to that. Um, but I, I actually want to talk about like what I liked about the movie first so mm-hmm. that I don't. <laughs> <laughs> to keep this productive and not just an absolute drag because I did generally like the movie. Like I didn't want to like come out guns blazing. Right. And then at the end being like, Oh yeah. And the cinematography was nice. And, and whatever. <laughs> um, so, uh, just a warning from here on out to you out there in radio land. Uh, this will be a full spoiler review. So a big part of the conversation around the movie was we'd finally get to see Batman with more of an emphasis on the detective aspect that we talked about. Um, instead of just walking around beating people up, Although there is plenty of that too. But, uh, you know, at least, you know, there was like an investigation and Gordon and Batman are walking around talking to people. So that's, you know, that's, that's something. Uh, so I appreciated that. Did, did, did you? Yeah. I mean, again, mm-hmm. I played some of those like Arkham games and the coolest part of the, those games, you know, the fighting was cool and everything, but the uh, detective work that you could do in it was really cool. Mm-hmm. So, so seeing it on like the screen was pretty cool because that hasn't really been it. They kind of did it with Christian Bale in, I think, The Dark Knight with like doing caliber. Yeah, yeah, the, the CSI something. thing. And like arguably Michael Keaton is running the chemicals or whatever through sure. his. Through and the looking computer. at old, yeah, and looking through old newspaper clippings <laughs> of the aquatic bird boy. Um, I did like the scenes with the cops. Like when the cops were there and like mm-hmm. he had to, you know, sort of come in. And I like the tension there. Like, uh, I saw somebody on, online describe it as like, nobody wants Batman to be there. Everybody is just like, we're all just really uncomfortable by his presence. And I thought that was sort of interesting because we, we, I don't think we've seen that. We see Gordon and Batman or like Gordon and Batman and one other person. We don't see just like all the cops around trying to deal with like, how do we even act around, you know, around this guy? So we'll talk about Robert Pattinson specifically in a moment, but like in the cast in general, who are your, who are your standouts? Um, I guess we can just run through the cast and talk about. Yeah, I guess that'd probably be almost easier. All right, let's start with um, let's start with Jeffrey Wright. I thought he was a really good choice to play like an established Jim Gordon. Like, they seem to have like a good rapport, like already going. Um, he says at one point, like, "You're the only one that I trust," and I sort of like we don't get any context for that, but like he sort of sells it that like. I don't know what the origin of their relationship is in this version of the story, but mm-hmm. like I was like, oh yeah, I, I get that. Like they have a they have a working relationship. Mm-hmm. He's exactly who you expect Commissioner Gordon to be, you know. I exactly, yeah, yeah. I just I don't know. I thought the fact that he's like a little bit older too and everything just like was better than being like a contemporary with Batman, mm-hmm. which they you know could have done or whatever. But um, I didn't really know anything about him, but like I've watched some interviews with him, and he just seems like a 
overall like cool guy so that always helps <laughs> for some reason whenever i watch yeah. a movie that i'm like oh yeah like he's into it you know yeah i don't, I don't know with jeffrey right i just i believe that he was like genuinely like frustrated with the fact that you know it's just like every time he's trying to do something somebody's corrupt again the, the toll that that is taking on him yeah he just he just he looks he looks tired I think everybody in this movie looks tired, mm-hmm. which I think, which I think is good. Uh, Zoe Kravitz, uh, what did you think? So, what did you think of both her and like movie Catwoman? Yeah, I liked Zoe Kravitz. Um, again, like that's that's maybe part of the problem with the movie with me is that like nobody was bad at all. It just there was mm-hmm. nothing about it that to me, you know, that I didn't really care about. I think that was done in the comics that she has like a connection to Falcone, Falcone. He was Falcone in this movie, right? So one thing that I I actually, I thought, I don't know if this was like one of those imaginary readings that I impose on something or if it was actually intentional, but like the way that, you know, her as Selena was able to just like sort of like turn on the charm and flirtiness in the club. It made me wonder, like, maybe she doesn't really like Batman. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, like maybe this is all just like sort of a he- like hedging her bets of like, what if he does decide to turn me in for trying to rob the guy? <laughs> I should probably be flirty with him and he'll let me go. That's a little bit more interesting. The way that she played it was sort of like, oh yeah, she's just doing, sort of doing a, like a femme fatale thing, but like it's working on Batman, clearly. <laughs> he's, yeah, very he's clearly. <laughs> so speaking of Falcone, Falcone, uh, John Turturro. Yeah, he was another... Um standout to me i don't think i've seen him be like that creepy in a role well one thing is that i've i have i had heard that he partially based that on like actual mob guys that he oh. like i think his parents warned him about when he was you know younger Growing or something New York like, or something yeah and that like i think he had sort of a nice sort of like a nice take that you don't see in Batman. you see it in like real gangster movies but you don't see it in batman movies so tom wilkinson in Batman Begins and stuff, right? He's like 100% intimidating and trying to like, you know, I'm the alpha dog and I'm, you know, going to scare you. John Turturro is walking around like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? No, I'm a businessman. Like, yeah, he's is, doing more things from like the shadows kind of. Yeah, he is. He, I mean, he, he does, cause I guess that's what mob guys are more like in real life. Not that I have any insight into <laughs> the mob. <laughs> FBI. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, <laughs> just that's a disclaimer you have to put up, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, he. I mean, he's he seems like what I understand the more realistic mob guys to be, which is like you don't walk around trying to be the toughest guy in public. You're just like, what? I'm you know, I'm I'm your friend. I'm just trying to make a living here. Yeah, he didn't play it as like tough guy. He played it as just like really cunning and smart. Colin Farrell. Yeah. What do you, what do you what do you 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 go you go first. Um, yeah, that I I knew going into it that he was like, he did a whole transformation. I don't know if he actually put on weight. I think he did, but you know, there was obviously the whole, all the prosthetics going on and everything. Um, mm-hmm. but I hadn't actually like really seen a picture of him. So like when he actually first appeared on the screen, I was really trying to like look into it. <laughs> I, I So I liked it. Right. Mm-hmm. But I kind of wish he was playing the penguin. <laughs> You know, you know what I mean? Like their approach is like, what if this guy was called the penguin and he hates for it? Absolutely. No reason. <laughs> like he doesn't have a pointy nose. He doesn't have, 
He's not like monstrously rotund or anything, you know? So the thing is that like, if that character was not called the penguin in the movie, right? If he was just like, you know, Joey Scarface or something, right? You wouldn't be like, boy, I wonder why they didn't call him the penguin. You'd be like, oh yeah, he's a mob guy. <laughs> so I, thought, I just thought like there was no umbrella. And like, I know that I'm being. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually thought about that during the movie. The fact that that would bug, like bug you if you didn't have one. Yes. Although did, did you notice that when um, Batman and Gordon left him like tied up? Yeah. He, he, yeah. He like, waddles when he's like, away. but nobody saw that. Nobody's going to go like now. Cause like, if nobody had called him the penguin before that, and that was the name that they gave him after that. Right. They're like, oh, you were waddling like a penguin. We're going to call you the penguin from now on. <laughs> but otherwise, like, I don't see why he is called the penguin. It's like, you know, like, it's like some kind of dumb school name. Like I heard a story about somebody who was called octopus because somebody saw him buy four pairs of pants once. But I feel like you'd have the, <laughs> you'd have the same complaint if they explained it. You'd be like. Not even explained, but just like. So the reason that the penguin in the comics is called the penguin is because. He's got a beaky nose and he wears a tuxedo. So it looks like a penguin. There is no reason to call this guy the penguin other than, other than he owns the iceberg lounge. I mean, I, I guess that's what we're supposed to take away there is that, is that connection. But I, you know, and the, this is, this is a, this is a pretty small fry complaint in the scheme of things. I'm just saying that like, it's funny that like they wanted him to, be, to play the penguin specifically. We're casting him to be the penguin. Give him no penguin attributes. <laughs> Well, they're saving that for the HBO Max show. No, I know, I know. He's 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 getting one. <laughs> yeah, I hope to see the origin of his umbrellas. <laughs> he, he doesn't even like birds, <laughs> <laughs> or he doesn't even like at, own some penguins. Yeah, at least at least express uh, you know ha- have a hobby in birds. <laughs> and speaking of birds, by the way, I just I'm skipping ahead, ahead a little bit. Uh, the clue about oh, it's a rat with wings. And everybody's first suspicion was, oh, a stool pigeon. Yeah. I had it's a no bat. idea where that Every, came from. <laughs> nobody ever. If you, if, you know, if you do, you know, family feud and you say like, what is a rat with wings? Like the, you know, the top answer will be a bat, I yeah, guess. Exactly. <laughs> like a stool pigeon, uh, a penguin, because it also has wings. Especially when a guy is called the Batman. The emphasis of the movie is the detective work of Batman. And he makes a pretty big error. And it says bat on the envelope to the bat. Like, in case you forgot that I'm calling myself the Batman. In an envelope, bat. Oh, oh, it's me. Yeah. But it wasn't? I don't know. (laughs) Speaking of obtuse riddles, what did you think of Paul Dano as the Riddler? Um, he was totally, again, totally fine. But like the fact that like, I looked at like an interview with his and he's like, oh yeah, I, I was like looking up the Zodiac killer and I was like, oh really? Like, <laughs> you that, don't that's, say. that was your inspiration for that. <laughs> I mean, like the, the character is the Zodiac killer basically. And it's like, yeah. And like, I, I have to say like, I almost would have respected it more if it was just Batman versus the Zodiac killer. And I like pretend like, no, he's the Riddler. It's like, it's the same thing. It's the same thing with a penguin is that like, no, no, he's, he's the Riddler. Cause, cause I say he's the Riddler. <laughs> <laughs> I assure you he's the penguin. I mean, and then just like the whole look of like, again, it's like, that's what you would expect a guy who's called the Riddler and a serial killer to look like, you know, yeah. just like the, the mop down hair and the glasses and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like I thought he was totally fine at you know with all those complaints he was still totally great as a riddler i guess yeah uh so you know obviously again i'm not gonna hold it against this movie that they didn't make the exact riddler that is in my head mm. they didn't get jungle over back yeah that's... <laughs> put him in the put him in the in the matthew lesko suit <laughs> but you know it's effective in that he's like creepy and seems genuinely disturbed um but i think that's it actually made me a little uncomfortable like he does sort of a screech at one point you know that makes it seem like is this like did he look up like what do disturbed people like yeah, he, he youtubed act a yeah video. i mean I, 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 I did feel a little bit like so like you know there's that whole take about like oh batman is a rich white guy who beats up the mentally ill and you know i don't subscribe to that take because for you know for if nothing no other reason like batman villains aren't a credible depiction of mental illness generally right <laughs> there are no murder clowns who like that at least not like that um, exactly well not <laughs> there's a murder clown but like not that kind of not that kind of murder clown i lost the plot here but <laughs> but i think like dano is actually trying to make it like it is an actual mentally disturbed guy and that's the point where i'm like uh, should we should we be doing this mm-hmm. you know because even like in like I I have to believe like to watch Batman that like the Joker isn't actually like clinically insane the way that we would understand you know mental illness. Mm-hmm. Well, again, that, like, you have to, he's a bad guy. You have to like, throw comic book rules into it and everything, and you know right. make it okay in your head <laughs> because there's a lot of stuff in comic books that wouldn't be great in real life. And that is what we're gonna get to <laughs> shortly. Uh, so I think we've gotten to this point. Uh, let's talk about Robert Pattinson. I'll let you, as, I'll let uh, you uh, lead on this one. Yeah. So I did like it. And like, I realized that I'd never actually seen him in anything. Like, you know, you know that he's in Twilight. I know that he's in The Lighthouse. Same. Yeah. Um, there's a reason I don't do a, mo- a movie podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't really have any expectations, but I had heard, you know, oh, he's a he's a good actor, you know? Right. And I think he's, a I think he's you know, he's, he's good. I, I did sort of like the burned out take you know like he's also very tired Mm -hmm. um it makes me wonder like what his batman year one was like if he was if he's been like this the whole time sort of like sleepwalking like he is in the movie or if it's like he was really like gung-ho at first and this just sort of wore him down so i I, I mean i like that i have questions that aren't answered or that like i'm speculating more about like oh i wonder what what his backstory is for one thing it made me realize that i don't really know that much about kurt cobain (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say it. Because everybody kept saying, like, oh, it's Kurt Cobain. And I'm like, you know, like, I know, you know, a VH1 behind the music level of detail about mm-hmm. about Kurt Cobain, if that. Yeah, I just heard that uh, Matt Reeves or whatever had watched, like, a, a movie with, like, a fake version of Kurt Cobain in it. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, his inspiration for Bruce Wayne. I mean, that's, it's definitely a different take. Mm-hmm. And I think we've had enough. I mean, like, I think that... Um, Christian Bale was like close enough to like the traditional Batman that we can probably like go a little, you know, a little left and a little right here and try something new. So like, yeah, I actually liked the, you know, the emo Batman as he is being, mm-hmm. as he is being called. But like, no, I, I thought I, I liked the idea of just like worn down Batman. Well, and he, um, didn't overdo like a voice or anything. Yeah. So that was kind of nice, you know, um. I'm sure we'll actually like talk about it later, but the bat suit, you know, looked 
Good on him. Um, so speaking of the Batsuit, I think we're at the time uh, now we're going to sort of get into like the this year's model comparisons between other Batman movies. Uh, what did you think about the Batsuit? Um, it's supposed to be like more, I think in like interviews and stuff, it's like, oh, this is more of a functional Batsuit. It's a little less sculpted than some of them. The mask had some definite uh, Adam West <laughs> aspects to it, I thought. Like the sort of, there's sort of eyebrows and there's sort of like a little strip over the nose that's more like the little, you know, like, like the, the Adam West Batman has kind of like a cute little nose, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. I, thought that, I know exactly I thought what that, you're talking about. I thought that this Batman also had a cute little nose. Uh, yeah, so like, you know, but it's, you know, it's more practical and less sculpted, but it is still like black tactical gear and he's got these big sort of like chunky, his like torso looked like a PlayStation 1 polygon figure, you know? Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen too many stills beforehand of it or anything. And I actually like look, tried to look after the movie too. And I still can't find like a really good, clear production still shot of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but what I have seen from like behind the scenes stuff, like it does look kind of janky in the daylight, but it did look good on screen the entire time. And I did like the bat symbol. Yeah. And I did kind of like those gauntlet things he had. I mean, probably so super unnecessary, but so were Captain America's giant boots in the comics and stuff. I strong disagree. Right. <laughs> strong disagree that Buccaneer boots know, that, that, was, that was a little targeted at you. Sorry. That is, I'm editing the rest of your, yeah. your comments out. <laughs> um, uh, one thing that I think about the sort of more realistic take is that I almost feel like I wish it was more realistic and like less, even like even less, uh, stylized like I would, I would almost kind of like a crappy bat suit for the, for this movie because i thought like you know like riddler's in a jacket and hood you know and catwoman is just wearing a ski mask basically that has slight points yeah that combined with your knowledge that she owns cats you might go oh she's a cat she kind of used a whip <laughs> that was one scene yeah. <laughs> that was sort of funny when she was like oh the bat and the cat i'm like do you call yourself that <laughs> <laughs> had we established that um but everybody's very functional the penguin doesn't look like the penguin um maybe so like maybe batman would have fit in better with his movie because like if he didn't look like the only one who who came prepared to dress up um and, and, and in fact i'm only half joking here i might have preferred if this was sandman mystery theater where it's just like he's wearing a suit and a trend and a, like a, and a gas mask <laughs> and it's just like the bare minimum of like what reads to you as a superhero costume. Like if you just wearing like, you know, like a pullover hood and it had like little points on it, that would almost kind of be interesting to be, just be like totally practical. You call him Batman because he has a cape with wings, but mm-hmm. just like a couple other thoughts I had, like on the suit overall, of course I was going to make this comparison, but reminded me of the daredevil um, suit from the Netflix show or now it's yeah. on Disney plus. Um, but that also looks better in the just black getup than the like sculpted tactical gear. I think. True. I guess just two other things that I thought were well, one interesting and one really cool. Um, interesting being the injections that he gives him, gives himself. I don't know if that's adrenaline or I read that people were saying that they thought it was like venom, like a pro. I mean, I, I assume that was just because this is all, because they, this is realistic except except for the drops. That was, I thought that was interesting. <laughs> they had they had a fake drug like they we couldn't get the rights to cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Heroin wanted too much money, so we so we wrote we put drops in. But yeah, I, I assume that was adrenaline. 
But the last thing I, that I thought was really cool was like the fact that he records. I like that. That was something I liked about Robert Pattinson was like the parts where he's like doing the journal out loud mm-hmm. and stuff. I thought those parts were really cool. Yeah, I I thought I actually wish that was throughout the whole movie. I like the aspect that like he he needed to remind himself what happened in a, on a given night. Yeah, and the fact that it's just like there's so many nights that just blend together that he has to like just keep track of everything by recording it all. So I thought like the contacts were like a cool like workaround for that. That's something I've always wished I had. <laughs> uh, Google Glass, which everybody poo pooed that <laughs> because of the massive privacy invasion that it would be, but now. It- <laughs> but now Batman has it, so it's cool. <laughs> uh, muscle car Batmobile. Loved it. Thumbs up. I liked yeah. it. Yep. No, like I, I really liked it. And just like the, I know it's like weird to judge it on this, but the sound of it was really cool. A Batman movie should be an aesthetic experience. Mm-hmm. So I think the sound is important. Speaking of sounds, transition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we should talk about something that you and I actually talk about a lot, which is music in superhero movies. So I think it's a shame that like the big hummable themes have gone out of style. Um, it's a 44 year old movie, but you can still communicate the idea of Superman just by going like, mm-hmm. um, but these days I feel like you sort of you just get like tones or motifs, but you don't, you get nothing like the haunted roller coaster sort of thing that you got with Danny Elfman um, in his Batman soundtrack, or even the uh, Elliot Goldsmith Batman Forever march, which mm-hmm. is not as good, but I, I, I still, I still like that. You know, like I, I drive a car and I go like, ba, 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 ba. Um, this movie <laughs> does not have music <laughs> by me going da 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 da. It has movie music by uh, Michael Giacchino. Well, I was going to say, I kind of thought about it and like, maybe he was just trying to like, everybody just wants to hear like the main bit. Mm -hmm. So like, just why not make the whole song that one bit? (laughs) Sure. Why, why make him wait? I mean, it was really cool when he like came out of the flames with that song and everything in the Batmobile. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was, was, and that's the scene that everybody talks about as being really cool. And it, and it was like, Mm -hmm. nobody Nobody can deny, even if even if I didn't like this movie, which I <laughs> coming up, I, I want I want to stress again that I generally did like this movie. <laughs> even if you didn't like this movie, I think that like that scene with like him being upside down like a bat, right, mm-hmm. walking to the penguin who doesn't look, look like the penguin at that time. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have anything else that you want to discuss before we get into a quibble? It's a large quibble. <laughs> Do you have anything else that you want to, you want to talk about before that? Yeah, I guess I don't really have anywhere like to just fit this in, but I thought like the opening was really cool that they didn't tread over the whole backstory again. And yeah, I mean like all you really needed was the bat signal up in the sky and like the scene of that one criminal, like looking up at it and just being like, I'm not going to go down that alley. Like that was enough. That's all you needed to be like, okay, we know what Batman is. Let's just get into the Batman story. Did not need to be a right. three-hour-long Batman story. <laughs> Sorry, maybe not. Um, oh, speaking. So, speaking of the backstory, there was an interesting implication. I thought we didn't talk about Andy Circus as Alfred. Yeah, I um, actually which wanted I, to bring that I, up I'm, too. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Circus. Him as Alfred. There's a, a bit where he says, "I taught you how to fight," 
Mm-hmm. And I thought that's interesting. Did you interpret that that like Robert Pattinson and Bruce Wayne did not actually go around the world and like learn from all the various masters that he just like asked his legal guardian, <laughs> like, hey, you know how to fight, right? You were in. I guess uh, I took that as. I mean, they made it a point to say that Alfred was like in the Secret Service or whatever. Yeah. And um, I guess after his parents died, I assumed like Alfred didn't really know how to like raise a kid. So he was like, well, I'll teach him how to fight. I can teach him how to protect himself. And then from then on, I don't know what Bruce did. If he went around the world and found a League of Shadows sort of situation or, you know, what happened. But um, I think Alfred definitely like started him on the path, which was, I think, part of his whole arc was that he felt guilty about um, not knowing how to be a parent. Well, uh, <laughs> you want to take, stop taking my own kids to martial arts lessons. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I, I do think, I mean, obviously we've seen Batman's origin and we had Batman begins to probably be in the public consciousness for enough years that even the next reboot can probably skip it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was something I always like looking back on it. I like about the first Burton movie is that it doesn't try to show you how he became Batman. And so he has sort of an, an air of mystery. Like I like that this movie has an air of mystery about Batman himself, that there is like, there's parts of him that you just don't know. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I think that's, I think that's cool, especially after Christian Bale having that very sort of like very literal, the ears are so I can fit my antenna in, my radio you know, in here. Yeah. Right. To have like this sort of like, he's just, just, just something about his head that he's Batman and you can't explain it. <laughs> and I like, I like, you know, I, I, I like that. I think that that sort of air of, of mystery and um, showing how you do. That's why there's no Batman in the real world is because this guy does not exist. Well, he, that kind of brings up another thing I was thinking about. Um, what did you think about the fact that he's a base jumper? <laughs> with his uh with his flying squirrel suit yeah yeah i like you know i like i like that he <laughs> that he's sort of after he lands he kind of gives a look around like did anybody see that yeah <laughs> it'll be really bad for the mystique of the batman the one time the riddler's not taking totally a random picture right. <laughs> can, can, so I, can i just I, say one more thing about um andy sir i know it's funny like i didn't have anything to say about most of the actors and then Andy Serkis comes around who we forgot and I have I more to say about him. It's kind of funny that we forgot to mention him because I keep forgetting that he was Alfred in the movie because it seemed kind of pointless. Yeah. And I thought it was weird that he, and here's where you start getting to spoilers for the end, although we've been doing spoilers the whole time. Uh, he sort of just disappears. Yeah. At the end, you know, like he, he gives his thing about, and I, I thought it was clunky his sort of, you know, hospital bed, like, I'm going to give you the last part of the puzzle that you didn't have that I've just been keeping from you. Much like the butler in, in, in Spider-Man yeah, 3. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Could have saved Bernard. you a whole lot of trouble. <laughs> um, It was a, the actual like mystery parts were sort of clunky. Like stuff would just be like, I mean, that's part of the problem of having the Riddler and having, trying to have like a proper mystery is that like the Riddler all of a sudden out of nowhere says, Hey, this journalist got murdered and you didn't know about him. I'm telling you, I'm giving, you know, I'm, I'm giving you these clues that you wouldn't have otherwise. And that if you were a proper detective, you would have to, (laughs) you would have to look up. But in a way that's sort of like, I think is great for the Riddler is that he's, the Riddler I think is passive aggressive. (laughs) My, you know, my, my, my quote unquote, my Riddler 
he's passive aggressive that he's like, you're the world's greatest detective. And it's like, okay, I want to give you an easy one here. <laughs> it's like, if you were like a great prog rock guitarist, right. And you're like a virtuoso. And then some classical guitarist comes in and he's like, okay, I picked an easy one for you. Uh, the chords are, you know, C, F, and G. Can you, can you, can you do those? You know those ones, right? You know, you know, it's, I, I can, I can show you the, how to do it with the fingers. That, that's, that's sort of what Riddler's thing is like, oh, you're the world's greatest detective. Well, okay, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give you some softballs. If I tell you in an easily decipherable riddle that you can look up in a children's book, <laughs> a clue to my, my, my next target. Here's a hint. It's not stool pigeon. <laughs> it's a it's a bat you're a batman yeah you call yourself the batman um we were talking about alfred <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's true yeah i, I, I think yeah, i did really he, 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 he disappears after he like i've served my narrative function yeah and we had a little you know emotional uh reconciliation here and i'm like peace out i'm gonna be in the hospital bed <laughs> for the rest of this movie well, I did think the scene was cool, like the fact that they did keep it from like the audience that the whole scene with Alfred like looking through the mail happened like an hour beforehand. Yeah, I actually thought maybe Alfred dies in this movie, which would have been interesting. Yeah, I actually thought that was like a death scene. That's why I was like, oh, that's why I haven't heard much about Andy Serkis being in this. And it's just because he wasn't actually in the movie very much. He just kind of might as well. He might as well have died. Left. Right. Um, but th- th- that, that is sort of funny like it is a three hour movie right but there are things that I feel like in there <laughs> there was probably like a, there was a, probably a four hour movie of this a four hour version of this out there so I think we're ready to hit the ending okay um, about which I have actually calmed down <laughs> a bit considerably um, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that I didn't call you right after we got out of I got out of the theater <laughs> because I was actually sort of like happed up about it so I've you know, I've done my breathing exercises, <laughs> so I, I am prepared to discuss this rationally. Uh, but let's get your take first. Does it bother you that there's a Batman movie where Batman not only fails, but is sort of implicitly criticized that this might be all his fault? It didn't bother me at all. It didn't. I, I might be being overprotective of Batman. <laughs> <laughs> well, it took you... This many years to figure that out. If you if you look at it right, Bat- and here's the full spoilers in case you've been hanging on <laughs> this long. Uh, the Rid- so first of all, he doesn't get the Riddler's last clue, right? The thing about uh, f- actually seeing where the locations of the bombs are, which the Riddler in the movie criticizes him for as being not as smart as I thought you were. He finally figures it out, and he finds it like at the exact moment that it's going <laughs> that it's going off. Mm-hmm. Uh. The explosions wreck the, the you know the sea. What is that even? Do cities sea actually wall? have that? Where, yeah, <laughs> do cities actually have that? I mean, I am not a city planner, but isn't that kind of like what the levy situation was and for Hurricane Katrina or whatever, where those broke and then you know they flooded. Since Gotham City is like always just sort of implicitly New York, I wonder like is New is is Manhattan on? under sea level or is that a normal thing about cities that people know and I'm just ignorant because I live in Wisconsin and I really don't know but I maybe I, it was something I read later that somebody was like it rained for seven days and then the flood washed everything away kind of uh, deal lucky like, for the Riddler that 
was if it had been a drought, that would really mess up his plans. <laughs> I mean, like the bombs go well, off. I'm sure there's some sort of. I had this whole thing. I had this whole well, thing planned. That's when they introduce like a really zany DC character, like like weather weather, weather yeah weatherman. You're thinking of weather weather wizard. wizard, yeah. I was about to ask you, you gotta, and I'm like, oh, I do know who that would be. <laughs> um, yeah, I I did notice that too. That like as he's figuring it out, like that's the exact moment the bombs go off and everything. Especially because you had the earlier swerve with like, you think that he's, you think that the Alfred scene is happening at the same time, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, is this also a fake out? Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually thought that too. And then I was like, wait, no, there was like an explosion be- behind Bruce. Because right. I actually thought that exact same thing too. I was like, this is another one. <laughs> so here's, here's my thing about why it, why it bugged yeah, me. May- that... Maybe you'll bug, you'll uh, talk me into being bugged about it. <laughs> I'll make you hate this movie. Yeah. And all of you out there listening <laughs> in theory, right? Batman is escapist fiction, right? Like that's what a superhero movie or a superhero. Anything is, I think this is maybe a philosophy thing, but I think like it's supposed to be like, Oh, it would be, I wish there was a billionaire who used resources for something, something in the public good. <laughs> and so somebody describe it as like, it's a power fantasy that a billionaire actually cares about other people. <laughs> But, you know, so so it is like, in theory, it's supposed to be like, a, if I'm going to a superhero movie, it's because I want like a cathartic thing of like, there are many problems in the real world that can't be solved. This guy can come in and take care of it. And that's like a cathartic release, you know, the same thing. Like you watch a slasher movie. It's not that you actually want to see you not that you actually want to get killed by a guy with an axe. Right. You feel like, oh, I was, I was scared, but now I'm, <laughs> I can walk away from that, you know? <laughs> Too bad this isn't. Too bad we're not recording the video of this because I did yeah. a very, a very good. You're, you're very. I'm scared. Motion animated. <laughs> um, but so, so ultimately, it's like you have this adventure story about where the hero is a total failure, right? Like he doesn't get the last clue, the levee breaks or whatever, and the city gets flooded. Um, he doesn't stop the mayor from getting shot. The only reason that the mayor survives is because she's apparently incredible. <laughs> she's the toughest mayor who ever lived. She gets shot by like a sniper, like, and she's like, like from not that fine. far, not that far away either. <laughs> right, not like miles like, away. I'll just, no, I'll just, I'll just, I'll, I'll hold down on it and I'll be fine. Yeah. Well, she was the the mayor that city needed. <laughs> right, a bulletproof one. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so like my, my, I mean, I feel like. Is Batman a failure or is Bat are Batman's methods counterintuitively actually bad for Gotham City? As somebody who looks at a lot of stuff about Batman online and reads a lot of stuff about Batman, this is a conversation that I personally am so tired of hearing about because I've heard it so much. And I don't want to be accused of saying like, oh, you should just turn off your brain when you go see a superhero movie because that's not what I'm saying, and this is a podcast where ordinarily I do analysis of things that don't deserve in popular... Further analysis. <laughs> right. Further analysis of young blood, blood strike, or blood file, or whatever. I don't even remember what this, this is called. It had the word blood in it twice. So look forward to that. Um, but for various reasons, I don't find the whole, like, are Batman's methods long-term bad to be a very interesting conversation worth having because first of all, it's, it's a critique of something that doesn't exist. 
right? Like there is no Batman. Nobody's ever really tried to do like you hear once in a while about somebody put on a suit and walked around downtown and said hi to kids, right? No, there's never been like somebody actually trying to do a Batman vigilante style thing. Like we don't have generally speaking vigilantes in our country. Not good ones. No, no. Watchmen already covered this. Like we have had this conversation before. Watchmen covered this ground before you were even alive, Zach. Mm -hmm. Like we have had this conversation about like maybe superheroes in the real world wouldn't be a good idea. And I think that we all actually agree on that because we don't, tolerate vigilantes in our society. So to have this conversation about like an imaginary circumstance, like what if somebody, cause it wouldn't even be like, would Batman's methods be bad because he would get shot on at least his third day, you know? <laughs> oh, he had so, two, two really solid days though. <laughs> so I don't know. And on, on some level, I feel like, do I want to watch a movie where Batman is exposed to be a total chump? I guess maybe I thought they were trying to use that, like the the idea of like, oh, is it Batman's fault that everybody's crazy in the city? I thought they were using that to do something different by being like, Batman's actually going to listen to that this time. And he's going yeah, to change I... his like, which I think is kind of interesting that they're going to be like, oh, this is a Batman that's like. I, I did think the scene was really funny, like just seeing him like wading through water, like waist right. deep water with a flare and like just leading people. It was just weird to see Batman doing that. Well, that's, that's part of the thing too, is that like what you're describing is a fireman. We have fire. <laughs> if Bruce Wayne wants to make a difference in the way that, <laughs> if Bruce Wayne wants to make a difference in the way that he is, appears to be poised to do in the, at the end of this movie, he should say, <laughs> I want to volunteer this. for the fire department, or at least I want to give the fire department money. You know, there are movies about failure that are good, right? Mm -hmm. When a cop in a movie realizes that everything that he's done has been a bad thing, or when a politician realizes that everything that they've done has been a failure, that's sort of relevant because like there are cops and politicians, those are relevant to the human experience, right? Mm -hmm. But again, like nobody is, <laughs> nobody is Batman. Batman. Like nobody, nobody's doing this thing. So you don't have to tell like, if you decide to become a vigilante, you should try to inspire hope instead of fear. That's not a like that's not a conversation. But maybe it's not meant say, to be. Maybe it's just meant to be a character thing. It's not supposed to be. I mean, maybe maybe we're overanalyzing it. <laughs> but here, so so here's I have I have a response prepared for that. Okay. That is, I have you know I have had I have back and forth this conversation in my head. Mm -hmm. I don't even I should what I should have done is just double track it. And have a, have a debate with myself. Like, are you overanalyzing this? So my thing about the overanalyzing thing, right? So nobody ever looks at Donald Duck, right? And says... I can't wait to see where this goes. <laughs> nobody ever looks at Donald Duck and says, I think that he's engaging in child endangerment. He takes his nephews along on all these adventures. And Uncle Scrooge is culpable as well. This is a and terrible... And get me started on Mrs. Beakley. <laughs> There, you know, this is a terror. Nobody ever says that, right? Nobody <laughs> ever makes that critique. We make this critique of Batman. Oh, Batman is endangering a child when he's for in the versions that have Robin, right? Mm -hmm. Is it that for some reason we decided to take Batman seriously where we don't take Uncle Scrooge seriously? Or is it that when you watch DuckTales, even that new DuckTales series that I, I like, right? 
it's still a kid's show. Whereas this is made for adults. And so if you're going to show me this thing and say, this is for adults, I'm going to engage with it like an adult. I would never say, I would never watch DuckTales and say, you know, I would, and I would not seriously have the conversation of why doesn't, why does Donald Duck not wear pants around his nephews? That's sick. That's a terrible environment. Because DuckTales does not, does not nudge you, does not say, take this seriously. Let's engage with issues and, and talk about that. <laughs> Batman increasingly does do this thing of like, we want you to take this seriously. We want you to think this is really serious business that we're thinking about. And if you give Batman even a moment of scrutiny, it all falls apart. Because we don't want, we don't want, ba- I would not want Batman in the real world. It's a nice thing to pretend that you would want, you know? Mm-hmm. But you don't. I don't want, you know, I don't want a billionaire with no oversight, you know, punching people. And I, I just trust that they're, that they're guilty or I don't want. It's like sometimes you, you know, just want to park Avengers. your car on the side of the street and not have it be blown up by the Batmobile. Chasing right. after a guy who doesn't look like a penguin. Right. <laughs> oh, that that scene must have had a, a body count, right? That highway chase? Oh, yeah, definitely. And he, the penguin didn't even know anything, so he killed a bunch of people to get to have him say, <laughs> to the you suck at Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> I did think that was really funny, too. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the same thing as, as the didn't get the bat clue, is that like, the penguin figured this out, man. He's not even a penguin. <laughs> He's just kind of dumpy. He's just Richard Kind. <laughs> Poor Richard Kind. <laughs> but yeah, so I that's sort of and that's what got me bothered is that I feel like it's asking you to take something seriously that is not designed to be taken seriously. And that if you take it seriously, you have to say it would be bad because superheroes in the real world would be bad. That is the lesson. Any superhero story that has tried to take superhero seriously inevitably arrive at the conclusion that like, yes, you don't want superheroes in the, in the real world. It's a good thing, but that's why we have fantasies. So if you're not going to treat it as a fantasy, do I want this long movie about why this thing that isn't real and has never happened should not happen? <laughs> Wow, that got really deep. Yeah, I mean, I I start to feel like I'm, you know, grumpy old Alan Moore talking about these are children's adventure characters and they don't, you should, you know, move on and watch an actual cop movie or something if you want to indulge, you know, if you want to deal with these shades of gray issues. They're not built for that. And like, you can use superheroes to explore real world issues. Like you could say like, maybe this is about how we should not focus on vengeance in, you know, crime prevention, but focus on preventing stuff or, you know, hopefulness. Right. Mm-hmm. But then like, what does he actually do? That's that vengeance. Like aside from him walking around saying, I am vengeance, like a dork, <laughs> everybody calling him, everybody calling him, aside from him claiming to be vengeance. I mean, like he is looking out for people. He's, you know, he, does seem to care about people. It's not just like he is the crazy Batman who punches every criminal, every mugger thinking, maybe you're the one who killed my parents, you know? What should he be doing in the logic of this movie, right? Because mm-hmm. if the answer is paying more attention to the financial aspect, 
that's not a superhero movie. I think it would be an interesting show, actually, to have like this is here's my pitch for you know, indefensible ink at gmail.com if any of the networks want to pick this up. Well, HBO Max. HBO Max. You do like so close to being Batman's origin that it's obviously Batman's origin, but the names are different. And then he gets your billionaire comes back from overseas from his, you know, his wilderness years and says, Right, I'm gonna put all my money into the city. And we'll see how that we'll see how that goes. <laughs> that would be interesting, but that would not be a Batman movie, you know? Or if he's gonna be rescuing or a very people. Interesting movie. <laughs> I mean it could be. It could be an interesting movie. So there's a lot not, of financial pushing around. It's not a movie about a guy in a cave, right? <laughs> At the end of the day, I feel like what do we actually want here? If the point of the movie is that like Batman learns to be less vengeance focused, I don't think that he was that, you know, I don't I don't see what he was doing wrong in the logic of the movie that he wouldn't be doing if he was Batman at all. If the lesson of the movie is that he should just be a fireman, that's fine. I would I would I would actually have really been impressed if the movie was like actually Batman stupid, this is the last Batman movie ever. Bruce Wayne becomes a fireman. He puts all his money in the fire department. The title Gotham's card goes great. on the screen. The bat fades away and just says <laughs> the, fire. The fireman. Um, I just feel like this movie doesn't really... It wants to ask this question because it sounds, I think, interesting and smart. But I'm not sure that it actually does anything interesting with it. Unless the point is Batman is stupid. <laughs> so have I convinced you at all? <laughs> Do like, does, 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 my, does my argument seem like yes, this is something that I hadn't considered and maybe this is a valuable point. Or is this, Justin is an absolute crazy pants about Batman. His, no, no. He should, I, he, should I, not I, have, he should not have devoted his life to Batman studies. And maybe he could, he could appreciate or enjoy a movie that everybody else is enjoying. Maybe that's what it is. It's not that your point is invalid at all. It's just that you have such an intimate knowledge of, like, Batman <laughs> that... <laughs> You just can't help it. Yeah. So I have wasted my life, certainly. No, no. I wouldn't yes. go that far. Yes. Podcast over. Every every time that we do a podcast, you and I, I feel like I always, yeah, you always end the last a sour note. The last podcast ever. <laughs> uh, we have fun. <laughs> of course. So, um, <laughs> no, I mean, like, if if this is if this clearly seems to be a me problem, I think. So I'm willing to take this on board as I spoil this movie for myself by by going down this road. Well, I'm 100% certain that you're not the only one with that as the problem. Yeah, but we're all nerds. Well, <laughs> I will seek some help. I'll do some more reading exercises because now I'm now I'm head up again. <laughs> um, things are getting a little red around the edges. Uh, so like I said earlier in the podcast, uh, we did not see this movie together. Uh, you went with your fiance mm-hmm. Blair. I went with my son Liam. Uh, he is almost, but not quite, twelve. And um, like I said, like this is a pretty hard PG thirteen. So if you don't think this was an appropriate movie to take an eleven year old to, go ahead and at me. I'll I'll have the conversation. But um, what did the, what, let's talk about what the people in our lives thought about this movie? <laughs> did Blair like this movie? She loved it, actually. Did she? Yeah. Um... Yeah, we've never like watched a super. We've watched Into the Spider Verse before, 
But um, beyond that, we haven't like watched any other like superhero movies together. So when she was interested, because it was you know Zoe Kravitz and um, Robert Pattinson and stuff, and yeah, I think I think she just ended up really liking the whole film noir kind of aspect of it. Um, yeah, it was funny because I, I expected to generally like it more than her, and she ended up really liking it so much more than I did. Again, not that this is a bad movie at all. I just, <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I just, I didn't have that that strong a reaction, and she did, and I was actually like really, that was really nice. I don't know, just mm-hmm. that that like, it was like, oh, maybe this movie wasn't meant for me. It was meant for somebody yeah, else I mean, who like that is clear. Who doesn't really want to usually see a Batman movie, right? Because like, as I took Liam, he's eleven, and I was worried like going in. I was like, just so you know, this is a three-hour movie. And it's, you know, it is, there's a lot, it's, it's talky, you know, but yeah, like he liked it, you know, he, he was enthusiastic. Yeah. I guess it. I didn't really know what his thoughts would be on it. Cause I, I was also thinking like, maybe it's not just like beat him up, beat him up the entire time. Like yeah, I mean, it might not hold like a preteen boy's interest, but yeah. And so I, so I mean, he, he said he liked it. Yeah. I will, I will believe him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to say like, did you think about the implications of Batman and why he's not a fireman? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is like Blair had a, such a strong reaction to all of a sudden like Nirvana was playing in the movie too. Mm-hmm. And I like looked over and she, like her jaw dropped and I was just like, oh yeah, <laughs> this is like her kind of movie. The fact that it's a crime movie and everything with like detective work. She literally listens to a crime podcast in bed. That's right. You know? That's right. So this movie was really like, it had everything kind of going for it, for her mm-hmm. to like it. And I guess it worked. So, yeah. So that's, that's the, that's the real takeaway of this movie is that apparently the, <laughs> so I know too much about Batman and I liked it, but had a big problem with it. You know, some stuff about Batman and you thought it was okay to good. Mm-hmm. Somebody who doesn't know a whole lot about Batman at all loved it, so that's that's a good thing, right? Yeah. For that a society, hits the spread pretty evenly. <laughs> yeah, I think, and you know, I there are so many Batman things that exist that I enjoy, that I am totally fine with having a thing that is popular. I'm not going to be the gatekeeping uh, <laughs> jerk about this. <laughs> Batman belongs to the world. Damn it. <laughs> And that's more important than uh, not Adam West, not my Batman. And once again, I think the most important thing, the penguin needs to wear at least a tuxedo so that I can, I'm not going to demand that he goes, wah, wah, wah. I got to say, but if, of all if the criticisms to, I have heard about this movie, that one is completely new to me. So congratulations. I have to contribute something to the discourse. Mm-hmm. And I think that about wraps it up. <laughs> Zach, I would like to thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you, as always, to regular Indefensible Inc. listeners. And if this is this is something that you're listening to the first time, that you found maybe because you searched for The Batman, wherever you get your podcasts, thanks for taking a chance on us. If you like the portions of the podcast that were just me talking, <laughs> <laughs> a new episode of Indefensible Inc. drops the first and third Wednesdays of each month. Every episode, I take a comic book or a piece of comics-related media that's generally considered uh, quote-unquote bad and give it an honest chance and analyze what went wrong, 
or maybe even decide that um, have a more charitable opinion towards it. Uh, Zach will not be there regularly, although I do have plans for him to come back for something in a couple of months or so. Um, although you are welcome to be a guest at any time, I am reading through the first couple of months of the Electric Blue Superman saga at the moment, if that is tempting to you in any way. <laughs> Might do a pass on that one, but yeah, we'll be, we'll be in contact. We'll be in, I, I have your information. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll unblock Speak- your number. <laughs> Speaking of which, you can get in touch with the podcast via email at indefensibleinc at gmail.com. You can get us on Twitter and Instagram at at indefensibleinc, all one word. But until next time, hopefully, I am your host, producer, and music guy, Justin Zyduck, and have a good night.